0: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson, now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. Not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
0: What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray, Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered Morant with a running start. elevates, Oh, it dunks! Oh, my goodness! Ooh, it's open. Tie game in overtime. Gasol will turn his heat. It's good. Memphis on top! 17! Finally, now a three. Count it! A 15 point play for Memphis. And Blake Griffin gets into it on the floor with Randolph. To tell if there are any punches being thrown under
1: there, but Griffin took exception to something. The officials break it up quickly.
0: Griffin. See, he just locked his arm and then kind of pulled him over. Zach falls down. And then, you know what? A little elbow there. Oh, he's digging he's the elbow. Yeah, you know.
1: Welcome to Grits and Grinds, a Memphis Grizzlies podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Keith Parrish. On Sunday, the Grizzlies welcomed Mark Gasol and the Los Angeles Lakers in FedEx Forum. They pulled out their 20th anniversary jerseys commemorating the first few seasons of the Grizzlies in Memphis. It was weird to see Mark playing for another team. He had a slightly rough introduction as Dylan Brooks. Flipped him to the ground, sort of, at one point. Xavier Tillman fouled him pretty hard, trying to jump through him to block a shot. Mark seemed perturbed. All these things were happening to him. He cut his eye. Other than that, a successful return, Marcus Saul. If you haven't seen the Grizzlies tribute video, check that out. They always do a good job with those. Anyway, the Lakers get the win. The Grizzlies got off to a pretty good start. They hit a bunch of three pointers in the first quarter. And then after the first quarter, they didn't make any more three pointers. And slowly but surely, the lead dwindled away. The Lakers showed their very, very good defense. They really kept the Grizzlies from creating very many good looks. And then when it got to the fourth quarter, you know, the Grizzlies had no answers as LeBron James turned it on. And Lakers win. I know the Grizzlies were up a bit. I never once felt like the Grizzlies were going to win that game. It all felt so unsustainable. And the lineups were so bizarre. So I guess going into this game, the biggest story outside of Marcus Saul's return was there were going to be more Grizzlies players available. Guys who had been out the previous few games. We found out the day before that DeAnthony Melton was removed from the injury report. He cleared the health and safety protocols. We thought Grayson Allen would be available. He was available. Xavier Tillman, we didn't know what the story was with him. He was questionable for the game, and so anytime Grizzlies players return, I guess our thoughts turn to, well, is the starting lineup going to change? On Friday before the Hornets game, Taylor Jenkins had said, If Grayson Allen was healthy, he would start. But I guess they saw enough of that five-man unit of Tyus and Dylan and Kyle and Brandon and Jonas that they decided we'll stick with that as the starting unit for the Lakers game, and that's what they did. So they started those guys again, and they did fine. I mean, they got down early. Taylor Jenkins used two timeouts in the first three and a half minutes of the game as they were giving up some threes and they weren't generating the looks that I guess Taylor wanted. But then after that, they bounced back. They went on a big run. They put it in this really weird lineup. And that's what I'm going to get to. Uh, they went on this big run and they got up. And as you know, like I said, you know, they ended up losing because of the return of these players. We saw some kind of weird lineup combinations. And a lot of it, obviously, is because there aren't ball handlers. There's no dribblers for the Grizzlies. So they start, you know, that starting lineup, and then they bring in Desmond Bain and Gorgie Jang like five or six minutes into the game. And eventually, they pull out Tyus and Kyle. So, like the Grizzlies played the last five minutes of the first quarter with no ball handler and it went fine. Again, it was hilarious. They were making a lot of shots. The Lakers weren't playing very well and it felt, I mean, I already said unsustainable, but they had Grayson Allen and Desmond Bain with Conchar and then Xavier Tillman making his NBA debut at power forward and Gorgie Jang, and again, I thought there was no chance of this succeeding. It it, it did. It went just fine. Um, Then, everything was mixed up from, from there on out. In the first half, it seemed like the pairings were a little bit strange where they kept Tyus and Kyle together. Like, they didn't stagger them. I thought that was really weird. It seems like... I mean, I know Kyle... Against the Celtics, had the eight turnovers trying to play point guard. Against the Hornets, he turned it around. No turnovers and, you know, did a pretty good job of running the show. Again, like, I guess is like secondary handler. He wasn't really running the show. He, he didn't try to force as much, try to, I guess, do as much on-ball creation, but he played well. And in this game, you still feel like, all right, you probably need to stagger them somewhat because Grayson Allen is not a very good ball handler. He's better than Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's a terrible ball handler. Desmond Bain has been awesome for what he is. I don't want to take that away from Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is now the second rookie in NBA history to make at least two three pointers in all six, or in his first six games. Uh, Larry Markin is the only other guy who did that. It's more a product of the times that people didn't shoot as many three-pointers. But still, he's hit at least two three-pointers in every game. That's great. He's hitting an amazing percentage of them. But he can't dribble very well. He got shut down by Dennis Schroeder for an eight-second call where it was just, like, manned up one-on-one defense. I don't feel like I've seen that in the NBA where one guy says, I'm going to just guard this guy and you can't get it up the court in eight seconds. You don't see that very often. That that happened to poor Desmond. Anyway, there aren't ball handlers. And what made it worse when the Grizzlies were playing these lineups, like they, they would play lineups with Grayson and Desmond and Dylan and then Xavier and Gorgie. And like Gorgie's an okay rebounder. We don't know about Xavier yet. But like Dylan, Grayson and Desmond, that's three guys who can't really dribble or rebound. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough to overcome. So I thought it was kind of strange that they they kept Kyle Anderson and Tyus Jones together, and they also kept them basically, they totally matched up their minutes with Jonas Valanciunas. And I recognize those are the best players, and you want to play your best players a lot, which is one of my go-to things, and you want to play your best players together. But I do feel like when you play a good defensive team, like the Celtics are and like the Lakers are, it really limits what you can do, and it really hurts Jonas Valanciunas. The Lakers were able to control Jonas, basically, because they could collapse in on everything. They were trying to run pick and rolls, and Dennis Schroeder was pinching in because he knows that Kyle Anderson is a competent passer, but not a clever passer. He's not going to find the next pass to kick it to you know the guy who's being helped off of in the corner. So it was all very remedial stuff where the Lakers could collapse in on it. And I was watching it thinking, if you're going to try to get Jonas involved, you do need to space the court out. And you have this second unit now with Grayson, who we hope is a shooter. You know, he can't hit anything, but he's a shooter. And Desmond Bain, who's actually hitting his shots. I feel like Jonas should get a chance to be on the court with Desmond Bain a little bit. And I don't think this Grizzly starting lineup, while it is maybe the best hope when they're super short handed, I don't think it provides enough spacing against good defenses if you have Brandon Clark at the four and then you have Kyle Anderson at the three. So I did think it was strange, to like you you know, get Kyle Anderson out there, but leave Jonas on when you bring in the shooters. Give Jonas a chance to play on a little bit with, with some some more guards out there. Put him out there with Tyus and with Desmond and with Dylan and with Brandon. Maybe use Kyle a little bit or use Kyle with the second unit of the shooters. But I mean, I know there's not any great super options. I'm just struck with how much difficulty they're having generating open looks or good looks. And Kyle Anderson, who's played so well in the first few games, He was excelling at a more of a power forward position with more spacing on the court. He was finding these lanes to the bucket, and he was able to hit these shots, and he was knocking down his shots, but he was doing this with a more spaced court. Now, he's been asked to do a lot of primary creation and creating his own shot off the dribble and create three-pointers off the dribble, and it's obviously not going as well for him. He's not good at that. And one of the problems and the reason it's not going as well for him is because now he's doing this almost always with two bigger guys on the court. Brandon and Jonas are with him everywhere he goes. I mean, he was playing guard and point guard. So in the last two games, he hasn't had an opportunity to play more of that power forward. I'm looking at Kyle's minutes and basically all of them. He was either playing... Like point forward or even shooting guard. I mean, he had to guard LeBron James most of the game. But there was only one lineup combination where he was out there with, let's say the end of the first half, where it was Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson at the four, Jonas Founchus at the five. I feel like that might have been their best option or one of their best options against the Lakers. They didn't go to it until the last two minutes of the first half. I really think they need to play more Kyle Anderson at the four when they can. I mean, I guess they wanted to get Xavier Tillman involved. Xavier Tillman was a solid game. I mean, you know, very nice game uh, from the rookie. He didn't really make any big screw-ups that you noticed. He grabbed some rebounds. He scored, the, he scored the ball when he had it. So maybe they just wanted to get Xavier involved, and that means Kyle has to play the three and play the two again. But to me right now, I don't know if you can play... If you're going to play Gorgie Jang, who's playing pretty well the last few games, if you're playing Jonas and Gorgie and Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark and Kyle Anderson. You know, Obviously, Kyle Anderson, he, he gets pushed out he becomes where he has to play the three. I mean, maybe you can't find the time for him to play the four if you want to get Tillman in the game as well. But I was feeling bad with the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers were playing supersize as well. They would have Gasol and LeBron and Anthony Davis on the court. Like, they started Kuzma at the two. And I actually wondered if, because of the size of the Lakers, that affected the starting lineup choice and even the rotation choice. And D'Anthony Melton got a DNP. Taylor Jenkins said after the game, it's because he'd been outside of team activities for over a week, hadn't practiced or played. So they want to get him involved in a practice and then hopefully uh, next game he will play. So if D'Anthony Melton plays next game, it gets even weirder. I don't know what you do. I mean, if you start, if you start dealing at the two, that leaves Desmond, Grayson Allen, and D'Anthony Melton, All as kind of shooting guards that you want to play, and they're all on the bench. That was a universal, like ubiquitous you. That wasn't a me. I don't. I don't want Grayson Allen to play. (laughs) But I wonder if they'll change it when De'Anthony Melton is healthy. I think right now the lineups I want to see. I want to see. Tyus, Dylan, Desmond with either Kyle and Jonas or Brandon and Jonas. I think that would help the team a lot. I mean, I don't. Do you go ahead and put Kyle in a sixth man? I feel like you should. You could start this same lineup, pull Kyle out very very early, bring in Desmond Bain. Then you could play that Tyus, Dylan, Desmond, Brandon, and Jonas. I feel like that's a good five man unit then Kyle can come in with that second unit and maybe Grayson and Kyle can get something going. Grayson and Kyle and then Jang has been playing you know—been playing pretty well. Conchar has been great. Conchar leads the NBA in assist to turnover ratio. Conchar's been really, really good. I don't know what position you call him. Man, if Conchar develops that three-point shot, he's been shooting them quicker this year. He's been trying a few more things. They ran an out-of-bounds play for him to get him a jump shot. It looks right. But Contra's been pretty good. But, I mean, the Grizzlies are a mess just because of, obviously, no Ja, no Jaron, no Justice. And they're 2-4. and four, And 2-4 and four was an absolutely reasonable outcome for the first six Grizzlies games, even if they had Ja Morant. We thought that was like, okay, you know, you, you, hope, you hope to go to, you hope to win at least two. Don't go one and five. Best case is probably three and three. Four and two would be amazing, but they're two and four. So they get to play the Lakers again on Tuesday. And this little mini series, now that we have two games in a row, maybe we'll, we will see some adjustments. Because I think they have to do something to alleviate the pressure on Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas is a guy who absolutely feasts on bad teams. Teams with bad defense, he puts up massive numbers. When he plays a good defense, he becomes very almost painful to watch. Because teams know what his moves are, they collapse on him. He gets a lot of turnovers. He still puts up some fantasy stats but he is not very effective. And maybe that's the reason why he didn't play that much. Taylor Jenkins was very conservative with the minutes, basically for all the starters. I kind of assumed, while Jaw was hurt, Tyus Jones would get like 40 minutes a game. Or maybe, I mean, that's exaggerated. Maybe 36 minutes a game. But he has kept, Taylor Jenkins has kept the minutes pretty low for all these guys. Like at halftime, they're only playing 14 or 15 minutes a half. I mean, Jonas didn't play 30 minutes in this game. Neither did Dylan Brooks or Brandon Clark. Kind of interesting. He really... Taylor Jenkins is really trusting the whole roster. I mean, honestly, I was stunned in the fourth quarter how much he did trust the whole roster. Where in the fourth quarter, it was a five-point game, an eight-point game, and he was putting back in, like, Gorgie and Xavier... that surprised me anyway real quick we gotta take a break so i can tell you a little bit about blue wire hustle hey there grits and grinds listeners i want to tell you about blue wire hustle which is a brand new program where you can have your very own podcast right here at blue wire hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course that's full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, Blue Wire Hustle will host your show and get it pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you get all of this for just $15 a month, which is the same rate you'd get at any other hosting site just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, wrapping up this episode, I guess we could talk about Dylan Brooks just a tiny bit. Dylan Brooks had a pretty rough game. He had a bad game. He's now had a few bad games as far as shooting the basketball. I am still in a deep state of calm about Dylan Brooks. He has been asked to do even more than he was asked to do last season. I felt in the bubble he was so bad. And he was just out of control. Because they had better options. They don't have better options right now. Poor Dylan is not getting any good looks. Poor Dylan is being guarded by LeBron James and trying to create shots. And there's no space out there. And he just, he, he missed him. I am so pleased with Dylan Brooks' playmaking and looking for other players this year. I don't care that he's averaging a ton of turnovers. He's, he's being asked to play point guard, basically. Dylan has these moments these minutes where he's playing point guard just like kyle has minutes when he's playing point guard i think it's even weird actually when tyus jones is out there they have tyus jones like playing off the ball i know there's a method to the madness but i find that surprising anyway i've been encouraged by dylan so far i'm not getting down about his big shooting slumps um and again maybe it's just the uh My vitriol's been focused on Grayson Allen because he's been frustrating me (laughs) way more this season. And uh, I guess right now I can't be too frustrated with both of them. It's going to be so interesting. I'm apprehensive about when Melton returns to the lineup, my frustrations over (laughs) what's going to occur. I mean, I don't know where to put him, honestly, in, in, in the rotation. Because I feel like Conchar's been playing so well, you got to keep playing him. And making the pieces fit is just hard. Especially when you're playing a Lakers team that's going to be really, really big. To wrap up, I just got to say, uh, I, am being, I am being converted to the temple of Bain. And I think I'd be fine with starting him now, even over Brandon Clark. Despite Bane's inability to dribble, he has looked more comfortable as a like as a secondary playmaker. Like he can't dribble in space, it doesn't seem like, but he's no longer as nervous. He still his his athleticism is still seems a little lacking, but man, if the threes keep going in, just there for the spacing is is good enough for me. And again. Please let Jonas play with them so we can space the court out just a little bit and have some open three point shooters out there. But anyway, uh, that's the whole show. I'll probably be back on Wednesday after the next Lakers game. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure you tell other Grizzlies fans about it. Have a good one. Go, Grizz.
2: On July 23, 1993, basketball superstar Michael Jordan's father, James Jordan, was murdered in North Carolina.
0: This is the father of the most famous athlete on the planet. And on his 57th birthday, he was an unidentified dead man in the middle of nowhere.
2: From WREL Studios, available now, is Follow the Truth where we dig into the story of the James Jordan murder and the man who says he didn't do it.
0: I know that if this was not Michael Jordan's file, I wouldn't be in prison.
2: We'll question the evidence. Is it
0: possible for a man to be shot in his car and authorities not find any blood?
2: Our ballistics expert says it couldn't have happened. Shed light on the mystery that has always surrounded the murder. Whether his financial dealings could have had anything to do with his death. And uncover bombshell new developments.
0: Here we are a quarter century later in the back cover on this whole murder case isn't yet closed.
2: Follow the truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.
0: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here?
1: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.
0: Now, get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562 314 4603 for details.
2: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected.